Moncrief on News Talk. Anyway, it's time for how to when we address the sorts of decisions we don't take every day. Today, it's how to buy equipment for the baby. Paul Keeley is managing director of Tony Keeley's Afternoon. Paul, afternoon. Uh, it's it's hard to know where. To, let's start with the, the, the I suppose the biggest budget item is uh, what back in the day people used to call a cot or used to call a pram or a pushchair. Now it's a system. Uh, and now here's the thing that that and, and I've experienced this myself. That that and I know lots of people is that that they go out. In advance of the and they buy a nice, lovely uh, um, kind of pram thing, and it, maybe it has some sort of attachment where you can put it in the car. And then a year later, they want to go on holiday, and they go, "Oh, we have to buy another pram now. One that we can go on a one that can go on a plane." So, is it should one keep that in mind if you're thinking about buying a pram or a pushchair? Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, there are a number of things that you need to keep in mind when you're buying this uh, your pram, and I suppose the first is always who's going to be the main user. So as the main user, mum, dad, granny, and in most cases it's mum. But you need to, we need to find that out before we can actually nearly bring you down the path. And the path is to find out who the main user is and then where and what they're going to use the pram for. So with, in a lot of situations, if mum is the main user, the next question you'd be trying to find out is, do they do a lot of walking? And if that walking is in shopping centres or is it basically going to be uh, outdoors on, on paths? If, it, if mum is doing a lot of walking herself, you know, is she going to be basically, sorry, does she drive herself? So will she be have to collapse the pram to put it into the car herself? So is she going to be, like, is the pram light enough for her to lift it up and put it into the car? And then likewise, will it actually fit into the boot of the car that you've got <laughs> once you put the shopping and stuff like that? Got to buy it? a new car. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and these are the kind of practical considerations you have to take into account all the time. And another one, like, even before you get to whether you're going on holidays and whether you want to take your expensive pram with you, mm. is are you planning on maybe having a second child? And then some of the prams will work for two kids mm. and then what's the likely age gap you're going to have between your kids now most people don't know the answers to this I know I didn't and we've yeah. got four kids and <laughs> to be fair only one of the four was planned so you, you just don't know the answers to these questions oh, the kids aren't listening now you've just wounded them <laughs> well I, I haven't told them which of them was planned <laughs> that's an ongoing no. association <laughs> god that'll be like an episode of succession everything going you're the one who wasn't planned um, so yeah no it's all about trying to take have the relevant information in your head and mm. narrowing down all these products because like even within our s- stores we've like about 60 different prams and what you're trying to do is narrow down all these mass produced products that aren't that are aimed at a person in general to mm. the one that best suits you and your needs and it's kind of like buying a car like which is a better car a Ferrari or a JCB well it depends if you're using it on a farm or not yeah. you know and when you said it depends where you're walking why would that be a factor yeah so if you think a small wheeled pram without suspension would be great on carpets it would be great in kind of a shopping centre environment where you're pushing it on a really nice tile surface mm. but if you're doing a lot of outdoor walking you want suspension that's going to absorb the impact so rather than your newborn baby feeling this impact going through their head so they're going to be bounced around all the time if you're going over kind of rougher terrain. And by rougher terrain, I just mean concrete. I don't mean like yeah, yeah. taking it for a walk in the woods. <laughs> <You're> off-roading. <but laughs> yeah. Again, you get the odd person who's looking at that. And, and that scenario, you might say, well, hang on. Uh, let's say the Bugaboo Fox, as an example, is the best off-road pram we have. It's the best outdoor walking pram. It just has the best suspension. But it's not really great if you're looking for one that, that, has, that can kind of work for two kids because it just doesn't allow you, it doesn't convert into a double pram. Mm. So the, it's, the more suspension, the more expensive it is, I would imagine. In, in some cases, yeah. yes. Um, and in that particular case, yeah, the Bugaboo Fox, that's an expensive, it's a premium pram. But some of the cheaper 
prams like we said say the baby low panorama which starts at about 330 euros and they have two versions and, and they go and they'll have good suspension and they're good for outdoor walking but you actually need to physically take it out of the shop and push it around and actually see what it's like so again in our stores we, we will let the customer push the pram outside because mm. we need to have that space so the customer can feel what the pram is like outside but then also so you can physically go and put the pram into their car boot because you have to check if it fits yeah now, and so for, for a couple who yeah, they're having one baby's on the way you have no idea when the second one is coming that, that pram how long will they get use of out of that pram for yeah you normally get use of it for about three and a half years but if you're going to have a second child that second child is likely to come at about say year two okay but it is completely up in the air no one knows sure, if they're going to have a second child and when that's going to happen but you use the carry cuts the the chassis with the carry cut which is like a lie flat or a day bed for your baby and mm. the baby will sleep in that for the first six months and you use that all of the time and again one of the things we would consider if you were coming in and you're looking to buy a premise, is actually the height of mum because you lift your baby in and out of that carry cut 20 times a day. So if you're tall, you want that to be high up off the ground so you're not bending your back and going to hurt yourself putting your baby in and out of the carry cut all the time because your baby goes from, you know, four kilos, which is about, sorry, three and a half kilos, which is about eight pounds to say 20 pounds in that first six months. So it's a it's a heavy child mm-hmm. you're lifting in and out of the carry cut. And, and in a scenario then when when... Uh, the parents want to use a co-sleeper or indeed the baby might be sleeping in the bed, then you're not really going to use that kind of bassinetti thing that's on top of the pram. You still use it as your downstairs bed sure. normally and then yeah. you use your co-sleeper, um, which would be best practice rather than sleeping your baby in, in bed for you. I prefer them to sleep aside. <laughs> so you're uh, basically under no circumstances can you fall on top of your baby or your covers go on top of your baby because we're trying to prevent your child overheating. Mm. Um, but with your co-sleeper, um, they're brilliant for uh, nighttime sleeping. So when you're in the same bedroom as they are, and then downstairs, if you're in an upstairs, downstairs house, you'd have your baby in your pram for the first six months. And that's their downstairs bed. Mm. And so then when, when you get to the kind of transporting them, you know, when they're maybe six months or a year and you can stick them in a seat, is that a completely different purchase then? No. So normally with that purchase, your seat unit will basically sit onto the same chassis. So you'll have your carry cot, you'll have your chassis part, which is like the part which has the wheels on it. Mm. And then you'll basically get a seat unit that you'll normally have where the baby can face you for the next six months and then from about 10 to 12 months on you'll turn their baby around so they're facing the environment because they now want to look out and see what's going on in the world. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, I, and some parents feel that a bit of a worry that that it's in the back of the car and all they can see is the back. They have no idea if, you know, if the, what the baby, the baby might have thrown up or yeah. something like that. Sorry, so know? in terms of car seats, so for yeah. an infant car seat, we want your child's uh, rearward facing for as long as possible. Sure. So a three or four year old is basically five times safer rearward facing than they are forward facing. So if we can transport the child rearward facing, we will do that. And the lo- there's a new a new law coming out, for, say, from September this year, where basically children will have to be transported. Sorry, not laws, wrong word. A new safety standard. So the old standard is those car seats. We won't be allowed to sell them anymore. So the oh, really? New, yeah, yeah. So the new uh, car seat standard, all seats will have to be uh, rear. Sorry, all children will have to be rearward facing until they're 15 months. So we would still want the child carried rearward facing for longer, but 
it's by it will be if you're using a new standards car seat, they will have to be transported rear facing until they're 15 months. And generally speaking, the design of those ones is there some sort of you know base unit that that you can put in the car and you just click it in rather than that whole fecky doing the thing with the belt, you know uh, yourself. That is a, a very good description of exactly <laughs> how you install those seats. Um, and yeah, so you can get a base system which will just attach onto potentially ice fixed points or can be seat belted into your seat, and then you can just click the car seat onto the onto the seat and again that's brilliant and that's the ideal scenario but the car seat still has to be checked into your car so we would have to basically for every car seat we sell we have to take the car seat out from the shop to put it into your car one to make sure it fits safely but then two to make sure that when your baby is sitting on the car seat their head is leaning back with their airways open so they can breathe comfortably in the car seat what you don't want is their head flopping forward and closing their airways so they Mm. can't breathe yeah. So we have to check that in the car all the time just to make sure that your child's going to be comfortable in the car. Nowadays, is it not standard, the Isofix thing? Is, is it not in all cars it, where you can just click in that way? It is in all new cars, but ah. the again, the angle that your child is at, it could be too upright in your car. So you might have the Isofix points in your car, but it might be too upright for your baby to use those points. So yes, it would fit safer in your car. And the car seat would be safer, but your child can't breathe. Yeah. And obviously, I want your child to be able to breathe. Yeah, that's that would be pretty yes. important. Well, we all want that <laughs> to, to so, happen. Yeah, so we the, have to just check that from yeah. a safety I know you sell them. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, and so, you know, you, you, you're probably a fan of a lot of these systems, but are some of them just too feckin' common? You've no doubt seen it yourself. Parents tearing their hair out, just trying to find the hidden button to make the thing go down. Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> and, and look, and, and it's a great point. So <laughs> if we have, say, 60 different pram systems in the shop, we probably really only sell about 10 of them regularly. Mm. And systems like your Upper Baby Vista, your Egg, your Bugaboo, um, Fox Silvers, there's a, a, they are the ones that basically are really easy to use. So basically what your customer wants or what your parent wants with a new child is something that's really convenient, really easy to use so that they're not basically stressed and worried about it. Yeah. I've all, we've all seen the pictures of celebrities basically trying to actually just throwing the pram assembled into the back seat of the car. Oh, no, just assembled. Uh, a lot of people have done that. Uh, right, so, so so I suppose we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, yeah, spend a lot of time on uh, just on that aspect of it. So, so you have them in the cold sleeper. Yeah. Uh, and so, generally speaking, what time would they graduate onto a cot of their own? Yeah, so they'll normally stay in, in the co-sleeper until they're about six months. It's recommended six months or nine months, but actually, it's the day the child pulls himself up and tries to jump out. Okay, that so you want to time that one correctly, exactly. really. You want to so time it before the, the, that happens. Yeah, so <laughs> the standard is it should be nine months to, to sorry, it should be, yeah, nine months, which, sorry, nine kilos, which is about six months. Yeah. But yeah. actually, if, you know, if your child is five months and they're jumping out of it, I personally would be looking to put them into a cot where they can't jump out of it. Yeah. It's safer for your baby. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, so, and so when it comes to a cot, is a cot pretty much a cot. There's, it's like the design of cots hasn't changed in God knows how long. You're 100% right. So with a cot, you're actually just paying for the amount of wood and the quality of wood. Mm. So you're paying for what it's like a piece of furniture. It's what you like the look of. Your baby won't sleep any more comfortably in one cot than they will in the other. The important thing in that scenario is actually the child's mattress, the mattress that they're comfortable on. Yeah. So um, you want 
the mattress, to, I suppose, you ideally want the mattress cover to be able to be removable and washable at 60 degrees. Mm. So that means you can kind of kill the feces of dust mites. And then likewise, you want the cover to be comfortable for your baby. And you have to think that your child's weight is going to change. So they're going to change from, you know, let's say eight pounds or three and a half kilos when they're newborn to potentially if you're using a cot bed, they could be in it when they're four or five and using it like a trampoline. So it's they're heavy. They're at that stage, 18 kilos. Mm, so you yes. want something that's basically comfortable for your child as they get older. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, the yeah, the, the, the covers are very important. There are different sorts of mattress covers, I assume. Absolutely. There's a, like, you could spend from 50 euros to probably 250 euros on a mattress that you're getting for your child. Oh. But then you're using it for, you could be using it for five years. Yeah, and it's, that's true. You know, yeah, that's true. Now, uh, baby monitors, some like just to be able to hear, some like, you know, sort of multi-camera shoot type scenarios. That I, I, Again, I assume that the, the price range on those can go from relatively cheap to astronomical. Yeah, so you can have a baby monitors that will range from, say, about 50 euros and they can go up to kind of 250 to 350 euros. But uh, like I would always say with the baby monitor, it's about peace of mind. So it's about trying to give the parent peace of mind. And some parents will want a, a video monitor. So when they see their child or sorry, when they hear their child cry, they can look at the video and see why are they crying? Are they crying because um, they've spat their suitor out? Mm. Um or they, some parents will want kind of a movement monitor where they're kind of concerned about, say, a sudden infant death. And they're concerned about basically making sure that for the first six months, they're, you know, micromanaging absolutely everything. So you can get kind of medical, nearly medical device movement monitors that will just kind of press against a child's tummy, just monitoring their basically that their tummy is moving. And if their tummy stops moving, it vibrates and kind of says, come on baby move Gosh. and yeah. like, to be fair it, it's there's no right answer to this yeah. it's yeah. what gives you peace of mind so there are different devices that work better from a technical perspective and that's why you pay maybe a little bit more but it's what works for you as a parent and genuinely it's completely different so we would have like we've about 60 people working in our team and most of them are parents and some of them will rave like rave about the movement monitors I was incredibly lazy. All I wanted was a video monitor. So if I'm watching the football and one of the kids is crying, yeah. I could see why. <laughs> there, there also, like with that, as you were saying there about, you know, with the, the, the stage when they consider trying to jump out of the co-sleep, but there's also a stage when they're in the car where they figure out how to swing a leg up. Uh, yeah. And it's probably best to be able to see that happening before they, you know, uh, 100% and the tip over it. <laughs> and the talk back function on those monitors is brilliant because you're able to say, you know, Emily, get back into bed. You know, <laughs> no. which is great. Exactly. <laughs> oh, she speaks. That's great. Uh, no, I know. I, I, I must say, because someone only said this to me the other day about high chairs, because high chairs used to have no rest for the feet on them but now you're supposed to do that yeah so like, it's funny there's a, a, a high chair to stock a trip trap which has actually been on the market since 1972 so it's one year younger than I am so it's been out there a <laughs> while um, and, and that high chair actually pushes up the seat so when your arms are on the table sorry when your baby's arms are on the table they're at the correct level but you actually get dead leg as an adult and same with a child if your feet aren't flat on the ground mm. or if more than two thirds of your tie are basically uh, are on, on kind of the chair part you're sitting on and with this trip trap it actually allows you modify it so your child is always sitting at the right position with their feet always flat on the ground and with their bum in the correct position on the chair so it's a really really good product but like again we used them like I've used them with 
Emily, who's my twenty, I'm say twenty-one year old. <laughs> before I get a lot of, yeah, she, <laughs> she was the plan for me. <laughs> <She was laughs> I'm not going to say a word here. Um, but yeah, so like we've used that with her. She still uses that to study on in college now. Yeah. So you you're using it for twenty odd years. Yeah. So it's, okay. It's like again, it's very good value if you use it. Now. Uh, one thing people might get as a present or they might buy themselves is they'll get one of these big units for changing the baby's nappy and all the rest of it. And then that's great. Uh, and then they f- they find themselves routinely just putting the mat down on the on the sofa in the sitting room and never using the unit. Should you kind of wait to see are you going to use it or do you really need it at all? Yeah, so, so there's a lot of... there's a, That's a really good question. There's a lot of products that you can buy that you're going to use and there's a lot of products that you're going to buy that you probably won't use and mm. part of it is actually chatting about your life and trying to work out what works so I know people who change their baby downstairs on the kitchen counter because it's a really good height for your for you yeah, as an adult yeah. the baby's at the right back or sorry the baby's comfortable you're able to basically put your hand on your baby so they can't fall off and then you basically you, you can bring the stuff you need in terms of the baby's clothes your pseudocreme stuff beside you the essential thing when you're changing a baby is that you have basically the stuff you need and um, beside you so y- you're not taking your head or looking away from your baby so your baby can basically fall off while you're changing them mm. the other thing from a parent's perspective if you're changing a child is ideally you should do it face on to your child so your baby is facing you so if you think you're standing up and they're I think perpendicular to you um, and that means you're not twisting your back otherwise if you change them where you're side on you're actually twisting your back and if you've just had a baby you're just causing more damage to yeah. your back already Ouch. so it's just been a little bit practical and even if you have one of those big units upstairs you can turn it to face you so you just make sure that whatever way you're changing your child that your child is facing you so it just makes it much easier for you as a parent Are glass bottles better than plastic bottles or is there any difference? <sighs> <laughs> I, I, I am not too controversial question. for you even yeah, it's um, yeah no it's look we I was fed with a glass bottle there are glass bottles back out a lot of people are, are using the yeah because they seem bottles. to be back yeah yeah it's um, uh, yeah <laughs> no, it might be an environmental concern. Uh, exactly, uh, uh, people have and and, and th- like I imagine, like the amount of breast, various sorts of breast pumps uh, on the market are uh, astronomical. Yeah, and, and look, a lot of people are going for breast pumps now that basically don't have like they actually can fit into your bra. So yeah, LV yeah. and Tommy Tippy do one as well that they actually will fit into your bra and they don't nearly they the pump is built in and it nearly sits in your bra and they're completely silent. So no one would know you're expressing uh, when you're doing it. And they're absolutely brilliant. Like uh, an absolute game changer from a breastfeeding perspective. The the one thing I would say with breastfeeding or buying a breast pump is either put a deposit on it. So like if most customers that would come into our store, they'll order their breast pump, but they won't collect it until they make sure the baby takes. Mm. Um, yes. Or if yeah. you are yeah. basically going yeah. to take it home, because some people like to have it all at home before the baby's arrived, that's fine. Just don't open it until you know the baby is taken and it's going to basically, um, you, you're going to breastfeed because it's it's the one product we can't take back. Yes, of course, for obvious reasons. And one yeah. final thing very quickly, Paul, for, for a lot of the kind of the systems, the prams, the buggies and all that stuff, is there a waiting time when people yeah. order them now? Yeah, so some of them, like the wait list can be up to three or four months. Like Ooh, we, we got gosh. caught with one recently where... Um, an influencer, Molly May, was pushing it, who I actually don't know who she is, but she was pushing it and um, that lead time has gone up to, it's now four months, but like we, our buyer had 
had spotted and said, okay, she'd ordered 30 or 40 of them, but they're all gone. And it, it's wow. now a case of it's up to four months. Okay. Very, very important point to, to keep in mind. Paul Keeley is Managing Director of Tony Keeley's. Paul, thanks a million for coming in to us today. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.